Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes every Sunday and Monday morning. The inspiration for this podcast was a desire to talk about things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. This is a Sunday morning sobriety episode where I discuss all things related to physical and emotional sobriety. As always, it's important to remind everyone that I am not an expert or the final word on addiction, sobriety, or recovery. I began this series to share my experience, strength, and hope for anyone who is on a journey of physical or emotional sobriety. This week, we are exploring Step 9 in the 12 Steps, and at the end of this episode, I will include some good questions and journal prompts for anyone interested in doing some of their own work on this topic. Step 9. May direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So to begin with, what is an amend? I know that there can be a little bit of confusion around that. And the best answer that I can give is that an amend is not simply an apology. An amend is a change in behavior. So this is a very purposeful act on our part, that is designed to clear up a problem or repair a relationship from our past. Last week, we explored step eight and the importance of willingness and preparedness in the amends process. I believe that preparation is an act of willingness and that it's often overlooked and that it's actually a great way to minimize our self-sabotaging behavior patterns which, to be honest, is what we are trying to do by working the 12 steps. So part of that preparation is looking at each of the amends that we are about to make and breaking them down into parts so that we can communicate with sincerity and integrity when we're actually making our amends. Those six steps are, I'm sorry, here is my understanding of how I hurt you, Have I harmed you in ways that I am not aware of? I will never do this again. Here is how I'm going to make this right. And please forgive me. The part of making our amends that I actually find most powerful is the third part. When we intentionally ask the other person, have I harmed you in ways that I am not aware of? Because that takes our previous levels of willingness and amplifies it by about a thousand. In saying that, we are actually going beyond making our amends, which is an outward action, and we are saying that we are prepared to receive the things that this person may want to share with us. We can receive their feelings or their perspective. We can receive the impact of our past harmful behavior. And in order to do that, we must be willing to listen without armor. And by that I mean listening for comprehension, listening for compassion and connection, instead of listening to interject, argue, or defend, which is probably something that most of us are programmed to do. Another aspect of preparation in the eighth and ninth steps is acceptance. Accepting that some people don't want to hear your amends, or accepting that there are some things we may never be able to make right, or accepting that 
Maybe we have harmed people so much more than we thought we did. And accepting that this other person may find themselves moving through some very big or complicated emotions that have long been buried. Accepting that we might be overwhelmed by our own emotions or truly surprised by the feelings and the awareness that rise to the surface. Also, maybe accepting that every single time that we have ever experienced shame, we have either run away from it, blocked it, or numbed it because we were so afraid of what it would reveal to us about us. And then here, during the amends process, is an opportunity to move through it with grace and the knowledge that wherever it brings us within ourselves or whatever feelings it brings up within us, we will be okay. There is no need to run. We can sit with the discomfort. For me, there are generally three kinds of amends. There are direct amends, which means taking personal responsibility for our actions and communicating that with a person that we would like to reconcile with. There are indirect amends, which means finding ways to repair damage that cannot be reversed or undone by doing things like volunteering, donating, and helping others. And then there are living amends, when we show others as well as ourselves that we have made a genuine lifestyle change and are making a commitment to ourselves and those that we've hurt that we've grown and matured beyond our previous destructive behaviors. This step does carry one very important condition. It says, except when to do so would injure them or others. The benefit of making amends to the recovering person will never outweigh the need to do any more harm to another person. So if the act of making amends will open old wounds or create new harm, then making direct amends should probably be avoided. And you can hear that and say, well, how would I know when making amends is appropriate or not? And here's the thing. We are no longer out here on our own. And that is the point of sobriety and recovery in a 12-step program. We do this in community. So if you are working a 12-step program, you can talk this out with a sponsor or other people in recovery. And together, you can figure out how you choose to consistently live in a way and take conscious action that repairs the harm that has been caused. Let's say we have amends to make to our parent, but they've passed away. Depending on the harm that we have caused, can we think of a way to pay that amends forward? Can we volunteer somewhere? Can we show up for our living family in a way that honors the person who passed away? Can we find a way to support families in our community? Can we get creative? Because making amends is never going to be a roadblock. It's actually an opportunity to contribute. In last week's episode, I mentioned making living amends. And that's really important because some of those wounds 
the ones where we either cannot make amends due to legal reasons or restraining orders, or maybe someone's died. Maybe to make the amends that we want to make would actually harm someone further. These wounds are real, and there are alternative ways to address them. But before all of that, if you find yourself listening to this episode and thinking to yourself, what does making amends have to do with sobriety or recovery? I'll say that's a valid question, especially in a world that lacks accountability. You might think to yourself, why do I have to revisit the past or bring up old stuff? Can I just live in the present with a new and improved me? (laughs) Why mess up the vibe by reminding everyone how terrible I was? There's even going to be people in your own life who you have harmed who may try to dismiss this step because it brings up uncomfortable feelings. And they'll say something like, I'm just glad you're sober or you stopped doing whatever you stopped doing and there's no need to apologize. But here's the thing. Addiction is fatal to our self-esteem, to our professions, to our bank accounts, our relationships, and to our lives. So why wouldn't we go to any lengths to ensure that we have cleaned up the wreckage of our past? I know that there are different takes on sobriety and recovery, and many of them are focused on harm reduction or simply stopping using the substance of choice. I don't even like that term, substance of choice, but you know what I'm saying. And we will explore some of those methods in later episodes of this Sunday morning sobriety series. But for right now, we are deep in the 12 steps and In 12-step programs, we address soul sickness, and we address our spiritual lives, because we know that addiction affects us in body, mind, and spirit. So that means we can stop using a substance and behave in even more harmful ways than we did while actively using. And that's referred to as white-knuckle sobriety. And yes, you may have ceased using a substance for a period of time, and life might have even gotten better for a while, but our perception is still distorted, and we find ourselves probably vacillating between being optimistic in a delusional way about our lives, our past, or our future, or desperately holding onto the floor, just trying to breathe. Making amends in this step also sets the tone for the rest of our lives, because this is a tool for living. In working this step, we are building emotional muscles, we are building tolerance for discomfort, and we are rebuilding our character, and not in a grandiose way, but with a foundation of honesty and humility, and maybe that is completely new to us. Can you imagine the impact that this will have on our relationships? To be able to be rigorously honest, consistently accountable, to cultivate healing opportunities, to automatically know to clean up our side of the street. These are helpful tools in the world, I promise you. (laughs) Another powerful aspect of making amends is that it destroys our self-centeredness which was a huge problem in our addiction. 
We have spent so much of our time focused on the I. What do I want? What do I need? And in step nine, we begin to show up for the we. Yes, I am making amends, but in doing that, we are healing. We are experiencing clarity. We are no longer confused about things that have happened between us. We are both unburdened by the past, and that is both beautiful and liberating. Making our amends is also a way of letting the people we love know that we are now able to take responsibility for the well-being of others. It is a really beautiful way of letting people know that they are safe with us. I always like to think of the three R's in the ninth step, and that is restoration, resolution, and restitution. Restoration means bringing something back to its former state, usually things that have been damaged. And this can mean restoring our reputations or even restoring trust in our relationships. Resolution is really important for us in recovery because we likely have past experiences that plague us or haunt us or disturb us in some way. So finding a resolution to these problems means coming up with answers and solutions and laying them to rest. And finally, restitution, as it relates to the ninth step, is the act of returning something material or abstract to its rightful owner. And there are probably a lot of fearful feelings before, during, and after making amends in the ninth step. While working step nine, it's really important to understand that the way things feel is not necessarily the way things are. Because we are feeling afraid, we assume that this means that we really do have something to fear, but it's usually not true. To prepare for this step, it's a good idea to let go of all of our expectations about how our amends should or will turn out. In the big book, the ninth step is where the promises are, and I feel that it's important to share them here so that you see the direction that these steps are taking us. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experiences can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. So I love reading that paragraph. The promises are always so grounding and healing. 
and it can really calm you during turbulent moments. And whenever I find myself in conflict with people, places, or things, I always ask myself if I am working the promises and expecting that the 12 steps will magically unfold in my life, or am I working the 12 steps and allowing the promises to unfold in my life? And here are some more questions to help guide you through step nine. How is making amends committing to a continuous process of change? Do I have fears about making amends? Am I worried that somebody will take revenge or reject me? How does the ninth step require a new level of surrender to this program? What about financial amends? Do I have faith that my higher power will ensure that I have what I need, even though I am sacrificing to make amends? Why doesn't it matter how my amends are received? How will other people in recovery, my sponsor, and my higher power be sources of strength in this process? Do I owe any amends that might have serious consequences if I made them, and what are they? What specific behaviors do I need to amend? Have I accepted responsibility for the harm that I caused and for repairing that harm? What experiences have I had that allowed me to see the harm that I've caused with more clarity? And how has that contributed to an increase in my humility? What amends do you have the most difficulty making? And what do you need to do to be able to make these amends? How has making amends affected your relationship with others? How are you dealing with the feedback from others after making amends? And how do you deal with the desire to rationalize, justify, or defend yourself? Is there any way that you can celebrate or honor the completion of making your amends in Step 9? Until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can join me on Instagram and TikTok for daily journal prompts at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoy this episode, consider making a monthly donation to support the podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling into the notes section of this episode.